Let me pray before we get started. Father God, I just thank you so much for your amazing love. I thank you, God, that you are working in us and in our hearts and in our children and in our coworkers and in our bosses and in our teachers. God, you are working even when we can't see it. And I just pray that tonight, God, that not only would you empower my words, God, but I just pray that you, Father, would let your words be spoken. Because we know that's how you co that's how you let us cooperate with you. So I just pray, God, that tonight you would um, fill this place with your presence. I pray that you would bring revelation and health to our souls, God, as we dig into what your word says and testimonies of worship. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So I want to begin with a story. Um, because what I'm about to share with you, um, God began, really the chunk of it, began working in my heart about three years ago. Um, and about three years ago, end of summer, I came to a point where I was tired and sick of a job that was actually a job God gave to me. And so I found myself very unsatisfied. It was the first job I'd ever had in sales, and I was horrified at the company that I was working for because they weren't represent, you know, they just weren't delivering a product that was good. And um, before that, I hated salespeople. And so I was kind of going to God like, I'm sorry about this, but could you maybe give, like, like help me find another job? I, um, you know, you hate to ask for that after you know. Like, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt he gave me that job. And so I was, I was going to God, and I was asking for a new job. Um, and while I was praying, God spoke and told me very clearly, I don't want you to. Now, just so you know, this was not an audible voice, in case you're wondering. But when I say God spoke very clearly, it was just like, a very strong impression he puts on my heart there. You know, that's usually the way I hear God's voice, kind of contrary to my intellect or my expectations, my, my logic. And so God spoke very clearly, don't look for a job. I'm going to find you a job. And I'm going to show you my provision as a father. And so I was like, huh, Wow. Like, this is so amazing. God's never done this before. And so I got really excited. And um, I kind of felt lazy as far as, you know, the job working thing because I believe in good work ethic. And I um, waited on the Lord, got back to work. And, and, you know, of course, part of me was wondering, how long is this going to take? Because we all know God's timetable can be very frustrating sometimes. And so those were the thoughts in my head. But only two months later... God got me an interview out of the ordinary, not, nothing that I could have done to earn the favor or get or, or even know that it was coming. And all of a sudden, I um, saw someone one day and had an interview the next day, had a second interview the very next day. So two days in a row interviews. The second one was with the owner. And on the third day, I got a phone call saying, um, we're... We're not, we've decided we're not going to hire right now. And, and I was just like, this was, no, this was in November. And um, my heart just sank because 
they said they weren't going to hire right now. They actually told me maybe after the first of the year. But the script, there was this script that the enemy had already been putting in my heart and in my mind. And that is that God never does anything big for you. You'll get a carrot dangled. And then right at the last minute, he will rip the carrot out right before the big miracle happens. And, and that is your life. And so these thoughts immediately started coming. It's not because that's what was happening, but it's because this script Satan had been working on since I was a little girl. And so immediately the script started in my head like, of course this is my life. Of course they're not going to hire me. Of course. I don't even know that I even heard from God back in the summer. Like, who knows if I ever heard from God? And so in the middle of this, I was just kind of praying, kind of complaining. Um, and, and God spoke to my heart, Jennifer, what if you don't fear? And I was like, well, what, like, what if you don't fear? Like, everyone has fear, right? Everyone has fear. So how on earth do you walk out not fearing? And so I kind of reacted the way anyone would react, which was, huh? Like, of course I'm going to fear. Like, how do you not fear? Like, oh, sure. Okay, God, I'll just go right out and not fear. What a great idea. <laughs> and so that's kind of how I was like, how, how do you? And, but what I did is I asked God, like, what does this look like? What, what, how do you put feet on? Because it was God speaking it. So there was some faith there. There was just like this, like, what? Like, is that even an option? Um, and so I began really praying intently about this question and about what it would look like if I didn't fear and what it ended up translating to is a question that would come up every time I was facing something challenging. Every time I didn't know how on earth and every time that normal script from Satan would insert itself into my life because something was disappointing, someone was hurtful, I felt rejected. Even if I weren't being rejected, I still felt rejected. Um, Every single time I would hear that, that question, yeah, but what if you don't fear right now? Like, what if you don't fear? Um... And he just kept saying this over and over. But Jennifer, what if you don't fear? And so I just began to meditate on this. And as he kept saying it, I, um, it's, it's like he just began to unwrap like what it looks like. Um, as I'm asking him these questions, what he did is started diagnosing fear, which I didn't know. If someone asked me before this, um, do you have a problem with fear in this area or this area? I would have been like, no, that, that's ridiculous. But when God speaks to your heart, he, he releases and unveils things that you don't even know are there. He gets to the root of issues that we're dealing with. The root of issues is where he can begin to uproot and, and rebuild. And so what um, I realized is that when I fear, I am focused on circumstances. And when I fear, I'm giving attention to the worst case scenario. When I fear, I'm focused on past failures, the times where I felt like God let me down, the times where this 
this area of my relationship with my spouse has failed over and over. And every time we get to this point, it falls apart again. Or finances or the job I was wanting and praying for and the word that I had heard from the Lord and how disappointing life was looking in that moment. Um, When I fear, the problem is, the biggest problem is, is that my focus is not on God. That is the biggest diagnosis that God gave me through this, through this trial or this challenge or, the, or journey. This journey. Um, because one thing I was realizing is that on this earth, we have ears and we have eyes. So I can hear what people say and I can see what maybe they're saying. Maybe they're saying Maybe they're not. A lot of times my script is being written by what my fear is or by where I've been hurt in the past. And, but the problem with living in that is that I am spirit. I was thought up and created at the foundation of the world. And it's only in this time, in this moment in time, that God decided to manifest a body for my spirit to live in. And so... It's important that my spirit is trained to see something that is bigger than what my senses can detect. And so um, I began to really process this with God. I began to really look at him in these moments when he would say, what if you don't fear? So how do I not fear? I refocus. Where I focus my attention is my choice. I begin to realize that I am, um, I've been given by God a lot more power than I realize. God has empowered us to choose. And I know a lot of times life beats us down and life beats us down. And we, we, we listen to so many scripts that are not truth in our hearts and in our minds that sometimes we lose our even recognizing we have a will. You know, even recognizing that I actually have a choice of what I'm, what thought I'm going to entertain. I have a choice of where I'm going to give my attention. I have to recognize that God is always working. And I can choose to look at it. I can choose to look up. I can choose when this thing is presenting itself. This thing that I've seen happen A thousand times in my life since I was a little girl, I can choose to say, you know what? Like, I I can't afford if I want to see victory, if I want to hand down a legacy of faith and victory to my children, then I can't afford to listen to that same script that I have listened to because God and heaven speak a different story. They just do. He does. He speaks a different story because his thoughts are higher than my thoughts. So, um, and then I have to come to the truth that God is a good father. That he's actually good. That he actually has good intentions for me, for my business, for my education, for my family, for my children, for my marriage. Um, That God is good. And Without the Holy Spirit diagnosing this fear, I would have never realized how often I believed that God wasn't even as good of a parent 
as me in all of my mistakes and children who probably need counseling. Like, you know, I, I am actually accusing God of being a worse parent by many of the lies that I've believed about him. He's, he's good. And so there's this foundational resolve that I believe the Holy Spirit gives us. And to come to that place where we just resolve that God is good. So however I'm going to figure this out, whatever I'm going to pray, however I'm going to seek the Lord, and and whatever conclusion I'm going to allow to enter my heart, it's going to be with the foundation that God is good first. So what this looked like in its very purest form is, Thank you, God, for all you're doing. Because as I shoved everything to the side, every lie, every preconceived idea of God's character or of my worth, uh, I had to shove that to the side. And as I began to put my focus on God, I began to thank him for everything he's doing. So every time one of my kids looks like, oh, oh my gosh, are they going to walk with God or are they not going to walk with God? Oh, wait. God, thank you for all that you're doing. Because I began to realize that for me to live out a life of faith and allow it to penetrate the world around me, I have to look up and I have to hear and and be transformed by his mind that's higher than my mind and his ways that are higher than my ways. And then it becomes my reality. At that point, I'm able to cooperate. I can't cooperate with God if the only thing that I'm perceiving is a lie. But the moment that I hear from him because I got stubborn and I put my focus on him and what he was saying and what he's doing and I begin to thank, thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for all that you're doing. And it just began to be this like, like this thing that rose up in me, probably the Holy Spirit, but, but just this resolve and this powerful thing where I was just like confounded by all that God was doing, which was not my story before. I began to be amazed at all God's doing. If you've hung around me at all in the last three years, you've probably heard me say, Oh my gosh, I just love what God is doing right now. He's doing so much. In the midst of that, I could actually point out to you different circumstances that, that could have easily had me speaking something else. But I had this perception in the midst of the circumstances of what God's doing. God is doing something amazing. So our battle is in the mind. It always starts in the mind. And so I just wanted to cover this real quick, um, that it is important that we filter each thought. So we can ask ourselves at any time as we're choosing, as we're making that choice of what we're going to focus on, and a thought comes in. Let's say we go to a gathering and we feel rejected or like someone talked about us or we're looking at our our bank account according to what the bills are and our bank account and, and the, the contrast there or, or we're looking at the behavior 
and the heart of a child that we love, no matter what our circumstances, the thought that I have about that is powerful. The thought that I meditate on is powerful for good or for bad. Because God gave us that power to meditate on something begins to increase its ability to influence us. Does this thought bring life? Does this thought agree with God's truth? Does this thought reflect the Father's heart? These are questions that I would begin asking myself Then I can't afford. If this thought does not come from heaven, if this thought did not originate with God's heart, then I can't afford to, to meditate on it. I can't afford to allow it to take, have residence and room in my heart because I'm going to respond from that thing that I meditate on. I'm going to respond to my husband based on what I meditated on. So it is vital that I ask God what he sees. Okay, Russ may be acting like this, but I've got to push that aside and, and get with the Father and lift up my eyes and say, I need to know what you see right now. I need to know what your heart is. I need to pray your heart for him because I can't afford to believe anything else that does not originate with God. Because life will present facts, but his truth does not change. And his truth actually will change the facts if we'll just get stubborn and cling to that truth. All right, so now that we are kind of in the knowing right now and awareness that we are empowering the things that we meditate on. So when I get a thought or an impression or a word from the Lord about my finances, about my future, about my uh, children, then that is what I am literally going to fasten myself to. Like I am going to fasten, whatever word I hear from God, that's what I'm going to fasten myself to. It um, It will not depart from my lips. He is faithful. Thank you for everything you're doing in Russ Johnson. Thank you for everything you're doing in Nate and Micaiah. Because these are the things that concern me. Thank you for everything you're doing at Open Table Community Church. I pray for them us every morning. Because he told us to put in our calendar and pray for our church every morning. Last spring when we did our fundraising. And so every morning the alarm goes off. And I, wherever I am, whether I'm driving down the road or sitting in my office at home or wherever, I pray for Open Table community church I need to hear I need to hear a fresh word from God I've got to get what how do you see how do you see Chris and Esther what do you want me to pray how do you want me to pray this covers everything in life it is getting his word it's getting his vision it's it's operating from that place of his presence because it affects everything and he actually created us to co cooperate and co-labor with him in this so uh, Philippians 4.8. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable. 
beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. Isn't that so powerful? Fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always. So right there, and that's in the Passion Translation. I'm just really loving that translation. You know, it's the verse that says, whatsoever things are lovely and pure. I just love the way it put it. I feel like sometimes when you've read the Bible your whole life, to find a new translation that's like passionate um, is really like, oh, that's so cool. Like, it's just kind of refreshing. And so I just love the way that that's, that that painted the picture for us of what we focus on and how we are to there's a there's an action there like that takes some some like willpower for me to fasten myself to every glorious work of God one of my strategies in life is I'll go back and read Old Testament stories of Israel because I for me personally besides Jesus in his life is where I see God being God moving mountains, bringing fire down from heaven and consuming an enemy, um, parting a sea. Like, it gives us a glimpse into this, this God that we serve and, and how powerful he is in it. And then I can translate that into my life. And so as I turn my eyes towards him, that's just one of my strategies. So through every storm, I have a choice what I'm going to believe in that moment. Deuteronomy 30:19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. And I mentioned this earlier, um, and I'll just reiterate that um, I'm going to live in the byproduct of what I'm choosing right now. Because I will start speaking. If I believe bad things about a certain area... I will begin speaking it. I will, and and actually what I'm doing is I'm cursing that thing. Whether it's my child or my husband or my finances or my church or my job, my boss, my coworkers. It's when I allow that thing that is urgent and in my face and is going wrong to influence me, to be what I allow, because remember I have a choice, what I give my attention to. And so if I allow that thing to have my attention, then I am going to start believing it and I'm going to start speaking curses over that thing. And I'm going to miss, this is the biggest thing, I'm going to miss what God wants to do. And we wonder why we don't see tons of miracles today. And I believe that this is key. I believe that us, Looking at God's word and applying his word is key to seeing miracles. And he would not ask us to do it if he did not have the grace for us to walk in it. Because it seems like, oh my gosh, I've got I to gotta, like, keep my focus on God. And yeah, just ask him for help. He's totally good at that. He's, he can give us grace to help us. Oh, but I have ADD. How am I supposed Just ask for help. Just ask God. God, empower me to focus on you. In Jesus' name. And so, uh, Proverbs 18... Oh, she's live. Proverbs 18, 21. Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. 
and the talkative person will reap the consequences. <laughs> I just love the way it says that. So what you declare is very powerful. What you are declaring with your mouth is actually cooperating with one kingdom or another. It's the way that God made us. He actually created us to have power in our voice. Because when we declare what we are hearing from heaven, it's effective power for anything in our lives that we need help with. Any, any, let's, let's put it this way. It is effective power for anywhere where God wants to come in and influence our lives. Where the power of God needs to influence. Where we have need of heaven's influence, we have the power to cooperate with God and bring that power down. And I did not realize that as I spoke and as I meditated on things and as I, as I chose what I would partner with, that I was actually allowing that to flow through me. I didn't realize I kept wondering, why does this thing keep happening? And it's because I was walking in agreement with things that were not from God. It wasn't what God was saying over that child or over that job or over that circumstance, whatever it was in the process. I have to use my will to refocus my attention and allow him to move. So I have a choice. And as I choose thankfulness, I begin to realize that God was teaching me a deeper concept of worship. What it all boiled down to, I actually just realized this this last winter, and I remember where I was. And, and I mean, it sounds obvious, but for two and a half years, I was learning this lesson and choosing to thank him. I'd be driving down the street and just be flooded with just negativity and a negative interpretation of my circumstances. And I would hear that voice say, well, what if you don't fear? Oh, yeah. Thank you, God, for all you're doing. I thank you for what you're doing in that. I thank you for what you're doing in our finances. I thank you for your provision. I thank you that your thoughts are our thoughts. We choose to look at you. I choose to look at you right now. And, and I ask for your thoughts. Thank you for all that you're doing. And as I... Um, I think there was a worship song on or something and it and it began to um, just talk about um, while I worshipped he went out and fought my battles for me is what this particular song was saying Defender if anyone knows that song and it was so like just like in a moment um, I think I was telling someone in the passenger seat about this journey and in that moment I was like well, actually, what God was doing, it's worship. Like, he's teaching me to worship. <laughs> he's, he's teaching me to worship in the middle of chaos. He's teaching me that he is my warrior father who provides. And it doesn't matter what my eyes see. I can stubbornly cling to the truth of who God is. And I can declare the truth of who God is in the midst of anything. And I'm actually becoming a river of life that is flowing into my circumstances in that moment. And I began to realize that that was the power 
that was changing circumstances. That was the lesson that God was teaching me was worship. I don't know. It was just so like, oh my gosh, like duh. But I didn't realize it until this moment where it just, whoop, the light bulb went on, which is kind of how I roll anyway. Um, but John 4.24 says that God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And I just love the picture of her. Just like getting still and putting our attention on God and saying, you know what, this moment, this moment when I'm trembling, this moment when I'm terrified, this moment when I have no idea how you are going to come through, I give you this moment. I look to you right now in the middle of being terrified and I say you are worthy. You are bigger You do all things good. You are so good. And because you're good and you never stop and your love is extravagant and it never stops working on my behalf, I thank you for all that you're doing right now, even when I cannot see it. And I thank you for the wisdom that you're bringing because you give wisdom for free when we ask. And so I just began to realize that that God really does fight for us, and miracles happen when he gets access to our lives. I'm giving God access to my life as I worship. I'm becoming a flow of heaven into my circumstances as I worship. Oh my gosh, it was so powerful. So I was just going to go through really fast... um, Worship gives the Holy Spirit access to just all of us. And so I was just going to go through. It gives the Holy Spirit access to our senses, those eyes and ears. Those are the gates that things get in. We see things. We hear things. We all of a sudden, I mean, also just thoughts from the enemy can alight based on what we think we are seeing or think we're hearing even. And um, as I worship, I am giving God access to that. And he begins to change what the way that I'm hearing it, the way that I'm seeing it. He begins, what I'm hearing from him begins to replace what I heard here. Someone might not even like me. It's very possible. But as I spend time with the Holy Spirit and in worship, I begin to hear what he says over that. A lot of times that's where correction happens in my heart. There might be a good reason they don't like me. It may be that I need to spend time in the presence of God and allow him access to my heart for correction because he's so good at it. I give him access to my heart, my emotions. Man, my emotions can be out of control based on what I think I know. My mind, my voice, which is powerful. And ultimately, it flows out to my circumstances and it begins to affect change. Change that God ordained. Change that God's heart was longing to be able to do in my life if I would just give him access. And the reason that worship is so important in this particular, well, just in our walk with God, period. There are other things that are important. Tonight we're focusing on worship. Um, Is because... I can't achieve a change of heart and a change of perspective when I'm terrified without his presence 
and his power. And that paradigm shift that the Holy Spirit brings is nothing short of miraculous. Because I go in believing lies and being ineffective for anyone around me. And I leave with the power of the Holy Spirit and a perspective that brings life. And it is so life-changing. So I wanted to look, the, the main scripture, like um, Psalm 34 is what we're going to look at, verses 1 through 10. Um, and so we're just, I'm going to read it out loud and I'm going to have it up here for you guys to read with me. Um, but I printed it really big so that I could see it. So Psalm 34, 1 through 10, and I, we are going to read this in a Passion Translation. Um, so verse, starting at verse 1. Lord, I'm bursting with joy over what you've done for me. My lips are full of perpetual praise. I'm boasting of you in all your works. So let all who are discouraged take heart. Join me, everyone. Let's praise the Lord together. Let's make him famous. Let's make his name glorious to all. Listen to my testimony. I cried to God in the distress, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Gaze upon him. Join your life with his, and joy will come. Your faces will glisten with glory. You'll never wear that shame face again. When I had nothing, desperate and defeated, I cried out to the Lord and he heard me, bringing his miracle deliverance when I needed it most. How many have experienced that? Because it's coming, if you haven't. And it'll come again, and it'll come again. Bringing his miracle deliverance when I needed it most. The angel of the Lord stooped down to listen as I prayed, encircling me, empowering me, and showing me how to escape. He will do this for everyone who fears God. Drink deeply of the pleasures of this God. Experience for yourself the joyous mercies he gives to all who turn to hide themselves in him. Can you just picture that? Drink deeply of the pleasures of this God. Experience for yourself. There's so many times in the word of God that he beckons us. Come in and experience this for yourself. We were made to know him and experience him. And be empowered. His word, it's like a spark ignites his word as we experience him in his word and in our lives and in prayer and in worship. Experience for yourself the joyous mercies he gives to all who turn to hide themselves in him. Worship in awe and wonder all you who've been made holy. For all who fear him will feast with plenty. Even the strong and wealthy grow weak and hungry, but those who passionately pursue the Lord will never lack any good thing. Isn't that so good? It's just amazing. Absolutely amazing. And so I just wanted to talk about, just kind of sum up and and reiterate some of the effects of praise and worship. Um. 
praise and worship makes God bigger. David gave glory to God. And David also, Chris mentioned this a few weeks ago, but it is really amazing when you read David's life how much he recognized God. Because I think we go through life a lot and we, um, especially if we've been raised in the church, if there's anyone here today who had just utter darkness and godlessness and then came into salvation, I think that, that the gift that that is, like the, a, a positive we can look at from that, is that that translation from darkness to light can be so much more obvious when you translate that drastically. And I think that when we're raised in the church, there's a lot we take for granted. There's a lot of right thinking. There's a lot of light that we walk in, that we take for granted, and we just think it's just part of our lives. We can make the terrible mistake of thinking that our victory came from us. Many times we're walking in a victorious life in areas that were handed down to us from a spiritual heritage. And so I just think it's amazing to look at David's life and watch how much he recognized, gave God glory, and also recognized and was desperate for God's presence knowing that without it he was ruined. Like there is such a power in that recognition. Um, The praise and worship leads to our God experience and it leads to sharing. There's, There's this aspect of God that we share when we experience him. It opens up an avenue of the flow of God into your life. And another thing that I'm going to describe with the words tunnel vision. When I choose to position myself and push aside everything that I'm worried about, the Holy Spirit gives me this tunnel vision that kind of blocks out everything else. And... He gives me this ability to not only focus on him, but also bring into focus what he's speaking in that situation. What he's doing in that situation. What he's speaking over that child. What he's saying about my finances. And those are the things, those great things of God that I can fasten myself to before they're even manifested. Before they're even something that I can see with my eyes or my hear with my ears before I can sense it on this earth it's already done in heaven I just have to hook up with okay what are you doing wait what are you saying about this person what are you saying about our church what are you saying about my husband okay all right because it's almost like we're just getting a mission from God to go and stand on and believe in kind of like I mentioned before dig our feet in um, and get stubborn Um, I spent some time this week, I mean, not a lot of time, but a few different conversations I had. I purposefully asked people, what is like the best thing that has happened in your life? And like, like, what is something that is so amazing, that is so good, that you love so much? And I heard things like the drums, (laughs) my wife, Freddie's. (laughs) 
you know, there were just different things. Like I was trying to get them thinking like, what is something so good in your life that you love so much? And, um, and these were, it was fun. It was fun to get people talking about the things that they love so much. And I said, so when you experience that thing for the first time, what was your immediate reaction? And I asked people at work. I asked people that would just happen to be in my house at the time. Just throughout the week, I asked people. And two things that were in common. They wanted to go experience it again. And they wanted to talk about it to everyone. Even the most introverted people, mind you. Personality does not come into play when we experience something good. They might tell it in a different way than I would. But, but they're still going to talk about it. And they still want to go experience it again. And so I'm, I am submitting to you that that is the reaction that our souls have as we experience the presence and the love and the power of God. And especially when we allow it to become something that we flow, that flows into our circumstances, that changes the dynamic of the legacy that I'm leaving. My dad was a drug addict. He got out of prison a few years ago. I have a great relationship with him. I can, I can today tell you about moments in worship where I experienced the presence of God in the darkest of moments that we were going through with my dad. And it changed, it changed everything. My kids will never walk in things that the enemy had planned because of experiencing him and his word in a very real way because of worship. It changes everything. It changes your perspective and it allows God access to your life. So thankfulness is a choice. Thankfulness is always possible. And God is always doing and working good for you. Thankfulness is powerful. Oops. The... <laughs> the thing was off. But um, real quick, before we end, I am getting ready to wrap it up, and we're going to do one last worship song, and um, or with the response song. And uh, I wanted to point out that the word hallelujah is um, like, it's a word that is kind of like the word where we breathe in, you know, how Chris says that the word Yahweh was, um, like they didn't even speak it. And um, so part of Yah at the end of hallelujah comes from that same word for God. And um, hallel means to, to let praise. So, or let us praise. And so, so praise ye Yah as maybe a, the best interpretation of like a word for word translation. And then I also wanted to point out that yada is to revere in worship with extended hands. There are so many A study of worship that's more like a word study and more like of an in-depth, like Bible college type study is so, so good. There are so many words in the Hebrew uh, that that are in the Bible that actually are different types of praise or different types of worship, including instruments and there's so many. Um, But these are the ones I wanted to point out because I love the story. Um, It's in Exodus 17 when Moses' hands, if you have not read it, Go back and read it. It's so good. But in Exodus 17, it tells a story of Moses. They were in battle. And when um, 
Moses' hands were raised. They won the battle. They were winning. Um, they were outnumbered like crazy. And when uh, Moses' hands, he, he would get tired. I mean, I don't, do you know how long? I don't know how long the battle was. I, I think it's maybe in there. But, but um, Aaron and her are two people that were there with Moses, and they each went on either side of him to lift his hands so that they could win the battle because every time his hands would drop from exhaustion. So they got him a rock to sit on and they came on either side of him and they lifted his hands up to the Lord and they began to win the battle every time his hands were raised. And I just think that is a really good word picture of this lesson that God taught me over the last three years because it is, it it gets tiring. It gets tiring to push our circumstances out of the way and make time to focus on God. Life gets monotonous and busy, and we don't have time. But I think that God was giving us a hint into how he created life, how he created the heaven and the earth to come together, how the spiritual invades the natural. And and in worship, there is an invasion. It says God inhabits the praises of his people. And so... um, In that picture of worship, I pray that that story would come to your mind every time that you're like, oh, what am I going to do? This is just who I am. This is who we are. This is just the way life works for us. Or this is the way it's going to be. I mean, 90% of my kids walk with God. Why would I? You know, like any time that we are believing something that is not from heaven. And, and, and don't play like you don't have crazy, ridiculous thoughts because... We all have the same God and the same enemy. But let the, that picture, you know, come to your mind and be a motivator. Be the thing that says, you know what, I don't, I'm too tired not to. I can't take this trial much longer. I, this circumstance has to break. I have to see victory. I'm in the middle right now of praying with a friend every morning for her son. He's a grown man. He lives in New York. Um, and he is so lost and has actually like just been on an attack against them for like 10 years now. Just, it's been so weird and spiritual, but on 21 days of fasting and prayer, and I don't even want to take time to go into any more details than that, but he has been awful, like vandalized, broke into their house and vandalized it before he moved away. Just so heartbreaking because I knew him since he was a little boy and, um, So she just texted me. I don't know how many days it's been. I'd have to look at my calendar because it's in my calendar. But every morning it says pray for so-and-so. And and I pray for him. And she just had it on her heart. And so she asked people to pray. She texted me today. I'm studying for talking to y'all tonight. And she texted me a picture of texting in her phone where her son texted her saying, I'm realizing that I'm wrong. (laughs) That is like impossible. Like if there is something that is impossible on this earth, that is impossible. The lifestyle he has chosen, the things that he has done outside their home and inside their home, like just jaw-dropping. That is impossible. And we are watching God do miracles. It's just so cool. It's just so cool. So she was telling me, I have literally been 
praying in the spirit and listening to a per- there was a particular worship song that she had just been listening to all afternoon while she just wept in the presence of God and just enjoyed his presence as she just was like there is nothing too difficult for you God but it's that cycle of I talked about it um when we sang Raise a Hallelujah last week wasn't it just last week it seems so long ago um just last week and I I have this vision like of just digging your feet in and declaring truth in the midst of craziness, that stubbornness. And I just feel like that, that is what we take of our ability and join with God is just that like dig my feet in and, and the enemy's not pushing me from this place. I'm advancing or, or I'm staying here, but God is God. I will not move back. I will not retreat, you know, and it's just that, that picture of, a victory and warfare that God is fighting for me. All I have to do is raise my hands. He's fighting for me. So as we um, worship together, um, just if there are circumstances that you're thinking, yep, that's exactly what I'm going through right now, I just invite you to declare. We're going to sing Raise a Hallelujah again. We just sang it last week, but, you know, once a week is not that much. Um, and it's just such a good song for declaration, for just declaring who God is, what he's doing, um, and just kind of a faith declaration. And so as you are declaring truth, declare it over your mind. Declare it over your situation. Declare it over your doubts. Declare it over your skepticism. Declare it over your emotions, over life's uncertainties. Declare his truth, you know, as we worship.